celebrities. They're just like us. Or are they? Whether you're a fan of celebrity gossip, hi, I am, or you want to know how to make your wedding ceremony truly special, it is a wedding planning podcast. You are going to love this episode with Reverend Clint Huft, who is literally an efficient to the stars. This episode has so many amazing nuggets and is a little lengthier, so I'm going to get right to it. to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, I don't know about you, but I love learning about celebrities. Their lives just seem so different from mine, and it's fascinating to me when I hear that they struggle with the same things that I do, or they enjoy the same things that I do. Like when Caitlin Bristow became a Buffalo Bills fan because she was engaged to Jason Tardic, I thought it was adorable, and I loved it because we're Bills fans. Because of this, I jumped at the chance to interview Reverend Clint Huft, who literally has officiated weddings of athletes, celebrities, and everyday people for many, many years. But before I get to the episode, here are some housekeeping notes and some updates from me. You might notice that my voice sounds a little weird right now. It's fine during the interview, but I'm getting over a weird throat thing. My kids also came down with COVID two weeks ago at the beginning of the month. So they were home while I interviewed Clint. I don't think they interrupted our episode, but if you hear noise in the background, that was them. Also, that my husband got sick. And so like the last couple of weeks have been a little bit rough around the house here. I've been kind of quiet on social media, but I'm back. Make sure you listen to the end of the episode for the awesome guide that Clint provides our listeners. I think it's a really awesome checklist for you all for your wedding ceremony, which is awesome. So make sure you check that out. You can get it at our podcast show notes, which can be found at verveventco.com forward slash 46. But as I said, this is a big episode, so on to today's interview with Reverend Clint Huft. Welcome to today's episode of Ask the Planner. Today we have an especially exciting guest who has been involved in some of the biggest celebrity weddings, and most notably and most recently, the Paris Hilton wedding. But there's so much more to Clint, and I'm very excited to share all of this with you. So who is today's guest? As a non-denominational efficient, Reverend Clint has been blessed to marry hundreds of couples from all over the world. The variety of backgrounds, traditions, cultures, and spiritual beliefs is astounding. Combined, Clint has over 25 years as a wedding efficient, over 35 years as a master of ceremonies, and over 30 years as an auctioneer, and finally, host and producer of multiple podcasts. Again, I only host one podcast. I cannot imagine hosting and producing multiple podcasts. So guys, please help me welcome Clint Huff to the show. Clint, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so honored that you reached out to me. This is really fun. Awesome. Okay. So I do like to start each episode getting to know our guests a little bit before we dive into the interview. I read your bio at the top of the episode, but I would love for you to tell our listeners in your own words a little bit more about you, how you got started, and the different facets of the wedding and entertainment industry, and then how you got to where you are today. 
Well, it started when I was very, very, very young. I don't know why, but the principal of my elementary school decided that I was going to be the master of ceremonies for our school talent show. I still, to this day, have no idea why, but that's kind of how it started, and mm -hmm. it fit me like a glove. I've been mm -hmm. speaking to audiences ever since, and I've been really fortunate. I've had a very diverse background in the entertainment industry, in front of the camera, behind the camera, stage, commercials, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But I also was raised in a relatively conservative Christian environment, and I also am old enough to, I came of age in the late 60s, mm -hmm. and I graduated from high school when I was in 1971, and so if you do your history, that was a very fascinating time in uh -huh. America. There was all kinds of stuff going on, a lot of exploration. Yeah, it was just amazing, and I was very mm -hmm. blessed to have all of that kind of be part of my formative years. So I have a real strong understanding of ritual and, and religions and theologies and philosophies. I've done a lot of exploring throughout my life. And mm -hmm. so I feel really comfortable with that, which is why I call myself a non-denominational officiate, because I've been blessed. I've married people from all over the world. I don't know. I see a similarity. I mean, there's obviously there's a mm -hmm. diversity in what people bring to their wedding ceremony, but there also is a very kind of like a core element that remains the same. And that is what I don't know. I kind of work from the inside out. I yeah. start with what is happening with a couple, and then I kind of expand from there. Were you kind of the one that was either a class clown or just very gregarious, and you feel like that is what made the teacher think that you would be a good host or MC? Because I feel like that you know sometimes couples would be like, oh, this person is going to be great, like you're going to love him, but usually there are different traits for that. You know, that's a great question. I really, seriously, honestly, I have no idea <laughs> because. I was 11 years old. I didn't right. consider myself a class clown. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah. What, what it's it's a great question because mm -hmm. my job throughout my entire life has been with people. It's been what I call a gregarious uh, right. occupation because I'm mm -hmm. always addressing large groups, small groups of people. But yet when I do those personality tests, I'm an introvert. And then I realized uh -huh. once I did that first test that, yeah, that's uh -huh. true. I love doing what I do. I love it. And when I'm done... I'm done. And I really like right. my quiet time. And so mm -hmm. I think that also allows me to be empathetic to every single couple and what they, maybe mm -hmm. what they're nervous about in regards to preparation for their wedding ceremony. Or mm -hmm. I also, I like the idea that because of all the experience that I've had with theatrical mm -hmm. productions, there's mm -hmm. a part of a wedding ceremony that is a piece of theater because right. there's people watching something that happens. And exactly. so to be able to look at it from a logistical, practical standpoint, mm -hmm. while staying empathetic to the emotional components, mm -hmm. that's just something that I've been really blessed to not only understand personally, but also have the experience over all the decades that I've been doing things like this. You touch on something great, which is, that I appreciate as a wedding planner, you know, before I did weddings, I was a special event producer in Washington, D.C. So we did galas, balls, but also shows at the Kennedy Center and that kind of stuff. And so the way I handle my weddings, very meticulous. We have a script like it's like cue by cue, basically, because that's the world that I come from. But then having people like you that I understand and appreciate that aspect because it is a performance of some sort where you're, you know, putting on some kind of directed event, but then also having the ability to marry 
not to use the pun, but to marry that with the ceremonial aspect and the religious, somewhat religious, not religious at all, but you know, like the gravity of what's being celebrated, I think is very, very helpful for you. And then obviously being used to speaking and addressing audiences and being able to connect with them, et cetera, is very, very helpful. So I see how all of it comes together so well with your experience and then what you're also good at. That's amazing. Yeah, you hit on it really well. You described it very, very well. It's interesting, isn't it? Because anytime that you have anything where a bunch of people are going to watch, then Mm -hmm. it takes a theatrical kind of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. But as an event planner, like with all the experience that you have with nonprofits, I come Mm -hmm. from that world as well Mm -hmm. as an auctioneer and and Mm -hmm. as an MC. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating because you want everybody to have an emotional experience. What I try to explain to everybody is in that world that – the key thing is that every single event is a big audition for the next events. And so mm-hmm. word of mouth and all that yeah. kind of stuff in the nonprofit area is huge. It's incredibly important. But if you go to regular theater, right. you know, you want to have an emotional experience. Yes, mm-hmm. the actors are there, but as a former actor, mm-hmm. the more we can actually inhabit and make it like we're living it and breathing it in the right. moment, then the more the audience can get sucked in. And that's the way I feel about wedding ceremonies is that mm-hmm. if we can allow the couple to be honest and 100% connected to each other, mm-hmm. and then professionals like you and I take mm-hmm. care of all of the other practical logistical things. So, mm-hmm. And I try to explain to every single couple, that connection between the two of you during the ceremony is the mm-hmm. single thing that is the most important to me and everything yeah. else serves that. And so right. that's why I say, I always figure the couple's kind of in my bubble and mm-hmm. I pay attention to every other thing that's connected to the ceremony so that nothing breaks the connection between yeah. the couple. Because here's the thing that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's what I call positive selfishness. If we focus on the couple and make sure that they're having absolutely the best experience possible mm-hmm. and we allow them the opportunity to create brilliant memories mm-hmm. of their wedding ceremony, because you and I both know that if you ask, Almost any couple that's already married, tell me about your wedding ceremony. They'll say, I don't know. It was just kind of a blur. And I'm thinking, that's just a crime. We want brilliant memories. And so everything that you and I do in order to service the couple and make sure that the entire team Mm -hmm. is all on board so that the guests don't see anything other than the magic of the moment. And obviously the couple is completely connected. Mm -hmm. Then we have done the best thing we can to serve that particular client. Yeah, it makes complete sense because I think, and that's why couples hire me usually is because they want to be able to focus on that, not be distracted by cues or the music being timed at the right time or whatever. And that's what I want for them too, is I really want you to be able to revel in the moment, enjoy it, hug that person and not think about all of these other things which are going on. But I want you to be able to just get lost in that moment and really just cherish it because it does go by so fast. So, you know, when couples are really focused on that and then just able to relax and take it all in, I think they're just much more able to enjoy it, reflect on it afterward. You can see it in their photos. You can see it how they're talking to their guests. They're just able to be very, very joyous on that day, which is, I think, the most important thing. So, yeah, I completely see what you're saying. You know, you touched on the personality thing, and I think it's really mm-hmm. important to identify the different personalities of the couple. And what I try to communicate to them is you're getting married and everybody, everybody you invite, everybody that's working there for you. All we want is for the two of you to be about three feet off the ground, floating around all day long, just mm-hmm. be in, in wedding bliss and everything just kind of magically happens for you. 
Mm-hmm. And to establish that during all the initial conversations as, you know, they're getting to know you and you're leading up to the wedding day and whatever is the preparation for your particular professional job. I think giving and instilling that level of confidence for those A personalities, I'm talking about the couple now, for those A personalities that are really worried about what people are going to think and all that kind of stuff, if, mm-hmm. if we can somehow instill the confidence that, no, you've hired excellent professionals, mm-hmm. and we are going to take care of you and everything is going to magically happen. All we want from you is to tell us what you want and what you right. don't want. Right. I always say that's the most important question is what do you not want? When I start a conversation with a couple in regards to the wedding ceremony, I'll say, listen, you guys start. I know what I know, but I want to know what you are thinking about. What do you want? What do you not want? What are you worried mm-hmm. about? Anybody giving any grief? Just mm-hmm. lay it all out on the table and we'll start there. Yeah. Clearly, this is why you're so good at what you do. So let's keep talking. So as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, you know, we're talking about how we can learn a little bit from celebrity weddings. Because I think a lot of people are very excited to learn about that stuff, but then also how it relates to our own everyday weddings and not like their regular weddings, but the non-celebrity weddings. What do you think is being involved in the entertainment industry, but then also, you know, being a a person that's not in the non-celebrity industry or the non-celebrity world? What is it like being part of a celebrity wedding? How is it different? And how is it also similar to a normal wedding? Like we have the Paris Hilton wedding. What is it like being the efficient of a celebrity wedding? And then does your role change much when you're working with other couples that are not on TV? That's a great question. I've been really fortunate to marry a number of people, undercover Mm -hmm. policemen, but also celebrities, professional athletes. I've done a number of things that have been broadcast on television. And the thing that's fascinating is kind of like what we were talking about, where the logistics are unique to every single event. Every single Mm -hmm. wedding kind of has their own parameters, their own idiosyncrasies, if you will. Mm -hmm. The thing about a a celebrity is that they live in a world that most of us don't really understand. Do you remember the movie Notting Hill with Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant? Yes, I love that movie. I know. It's a great movie. It's so good. It's anyway, adorable. There's a, yeah. a pivotal point. The old saying is that most romantic comedy movies are basically the same. Boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back. So <laughs> it's that kind of point where there's this conflict where she's in his flat in London and mm-hmm. they get discovered. And outside the front door is all this paparazzi and she right. is freaking out. And right. he's saying, what's the big deal? It's not that big of a deal. And she is so angry that he doesn't understand what she's going through and the ramifications. Okay, so now take that into consideration with, I'll give you an example. So when I did the Trista and Ryan wedding in 2003, Mm -hmm. that was the first Mm -hmm. bachelorette wedding. So there was a lot of people around that. And we went to a location outside Mm -hmm. of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And in 2003, the big thing was helicopters because we're having a ceremony outside. And so Mm -hmm. there are helicopters all around. And what they're trying to do is get, images that they didn't pay for because right. you know the production company they had all sent you know abc, mm-hmm. ABC. broadcast on abc right. people magazine had exclusives to the mm-hmm. images and all that stuff mm-hmm. and so they didn't want anybody else kind of like stealing the images and mm-hmm. there were helicopters all around and when we got to the point of the ceremony mm-hmm. where and this is on youtube i think you can hear it if you if mm-hmm. you go to youtube and look it up i did watch part wedding. of it last night actually because I, I was yeah, researching with the episode yeah it was fascinating they were great And Uh I'm going to get back to the couple themselves here in a second. Uh But when we got to the point where it was obvious they were exchanging vows, it Mm -hmm. felt like the helicopters like dropped down almost right above us. It got really loud. Um, But because of my experience with technology and and broadcasting and that kind of stuff, I knew that 
everyone was going to be able to hear what we were mm-hmm. saying and what they right. were saying to each other because we were all wired up and that kind of stuff. Well, right. what's happening now in 2021, mm-hmm. it isn't helicopters anymore. It's drones. Uh-huh. There was some way in which you can get rid of the drones around a particular area. Obviously, you pay for oh, that really? service, but that's oh. what they were going through. And also, they tented the ceremony for Paris oh. Hilton and Paris okay. and Carter. Her, okay. her now husband, right. they tented that. So they didn't have to worry about that. But all of the mm-hmm. stuff that was happening prior to the ceremony that was outside and mm-hmm. she had a, a couple of different dresses she was modeling and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And he was working really hard to get rid of all the drones. But once we mm-hmm. got inside the tent with all mm-hmm. the cameras and it was a controlled environment, then mm-hmm. we didn't need to worry about it. And here's the thing, mm-hmm. and this gets down to mm-hmm. the heart of your question. What I've experienced, it doesn't make any difference what level of celebrity, when you get into the heart of the ceremony, it's exactly the same for everybody, if they mm-hmm. open up their hearts to each other. Right. Every now and then, and this is rare, this is very mm-hmm. rare, but every now and then, and this has nothing to do with celebrity. Mm-hmm. This sometimes People. just has to do with some couples that want to be a celebrity at that moment, and mm-hmm. they're putting on a performance. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to explain to couples is that if you really want to connect with your guests, mm-hmm. then it's the connection between the two of you that's going to bring them in. Mm-hmm. The minute that they think it's a performance, and that goes to the officiant as well. Right. I know there are some officiants who say, we're putting on a performance, but I don't feel that way. I mm-hmm. think that we handle it as if it was a piece of theater, but mm-hmm. it's the honesty of the moment. It's the emotional mm-hmm. honesty of the moment that really draws mm-hmm. people in. And so mm-hmm. what I've found is that with celebrities, they're exactly the same way. If you mm-hmm. give them the opportunity to really connect with each other the same mm-hmm. way every single other couple wants to, because they mm-hmm. are just people, mm-hmm. then that's where the similarities are consistent. Mm-hmm no matter Mm -hmm. where they are in the socioeconomic hierarchy. I think you touched on something good, which I try to remind my couples too, because they say, should we practice the kiss or should we do this? Or should, you know, I just say like, let the moment take you away. Like if you don't think about the kiss too much, or like if you swear, like some of them, I had one this, this summer where like one started crying and, the, and then he like swore because he was crying and he was like, I can't believe I swore. And I'm like, it's okay. Like it's, this is, this is the moment. This is you being you. I think like if you're worrying too much about everything that's going on and people watching, then I think that's when it, People want the authentic, which I think because of social media, we're kind of swinging in the, in the opposite direction where everyone feels like everything is fake or staged or whatever. So people just want you to be real, whatever your true self is. So, you know, I think being with the ceremony, I think that makes sense that everyone is, it just boils down to you being you and enjoying that. I just have to ask, since you have been involved in these celebrity weddings, how did you get from and you don't have to like go into the whole history, but I'm curious how you got from being an auctioneer to, and I don't know what the path was to becoming involved in all these celebrity weddings. Was it because you were an actor or you were just in the industry already? And so people knew that you had an interest or did weddings also? No, that's a very good question, but no, Mm -hmm. it was nothing like that. No, all of my experience informs what I do, but Mm -hmm. it isn't how I get the jobs. No, 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 it's not like that at all. The wedding industry, as you know, is very regional. Mm -hmm. And the people within that region, it's kind of a small community. When you think about it, there could be hundreds of different people, but they follow in the same circles. Like the the clientele that you have, I Mm -hmm. would imagine there's maybe 10 other event planners that have that same type of clientele or work at the same venues that have the same wedding Mm -hmm. budgets and that sort of thing. With that in mind, it's just a matter of being in the right place at the right time. I'm a firm believer, like it's very common for me to ask couples, and I've been doing this over 20 years, every single couple, when I ask them, 
Have you ever thought about the idea that if one little tiny thing was different, you never would have met? Mm, and they all say 100%. 100 percent and uh-huh. i mean i met my wife on an airplane and uh-huh. so you know if one little thing was different and i wasn't yeah. on that plane then say la vie so that's the kind of thing where leading to where i am now within mm-hmm. the industry started with one thing leads to another leads to another leads to another one of the things that mm-hmm. i've done in my life is i was a dj i did clubs i did live mm-hmm. events i did radio mm-hmm. being in the entertainment industry from a wedding mm-hmm. standpoint that's how I got into the wedding industry. When I realized that there was an opportunity for me to become an officiant, mm-hmm. it was the perfect storm. It fit right. my skill set. It fit my inclinations. It fit my background, both mm-hmm. theologically and mm-hmm. you know, entertainment-wise. It mm-hmm. was perfect. And so mm-hmm. then doing ceremonies, mm-hmm. and the way that I got the first celebrity wedding, which was the bachelorette wedding with Tristan mm-hmm. and Ryan, mm-hmm. a year before that, mm-hmm. I performed the wedding ceremony for one of the producers. And mm-hmm. he was just brought on to the Trisha and Ryan wedding mm-hmm. because he had dealt with large events. He had been a producer mm-hmm. on The Greatest, The Amazing mm-hmm. Race. And so that's the connection where I don't know what happened in that meeting, but yeah. at some yeah. point they said, wait a minute, somebody has to actually mm-hmm. officiate Married the ceremony. <laughs> so, right. And he said, well, I got a guy right. from my wedding and he probably yeah. brought in his video and yeah. and then they brought me in for an interview. So that's how that began. And what happened was... Uh-huh. I was very fortunate. The event planner on that wedding for the mm-hmm. first bachelorette wedding was the amazing Mindy Weiss. It went really well. And I established a mm-hmm. relationship with her and established mm-hmm. a relationship with her right-hand man who went on mm-hmm. to form his own international event company. And those relationships mean everything. If you can be trusted mm-hmm. to handle the moment, and that's another thing that I'm really fortunate in that I can get a little starstruck, but Mm-hmm. Because of all my experience, I'm able to focus on what's important at the moment. Right. And thank right. goodness, thank goodness I got a job yeah. to do. Otherwise, I'd just be right. a mess. And and to be able to focus on the couple and provide yeah. them with a wedding ceremony that hopefully is going to give them brilliant memories. And uh-huh. then also work with professionals to get to that moment. I think that that level of confidence and then word travels and right. you know, things are open up. And right. like, for instance, the production company that handled the bachelorette wedding. They uh-huh. created their own TV show on the CW network called mm-hmm. Hitched or Ditched. Mm-hmm. And they had six episodes and I was the officiant for that. Yeah, I saw that. And, then, and so on and so on. I love that because this doesn't have anything to do with weddings, but I really firmly believe that our experiences are going to bring us to other experiences. And so sometimes like if you're upset that something didn't go well or whatever, I just think that it's going to open the door to something else. And you have no idea what one thing is going to lead to. So just always having an open mind of, you know, thinking that there's great things in the future ahead of for you. You may not know what it is, I think is, this is fascinating. I absolutely 100% agree. And I think that there's an approach to that that's really mm-hmm. practical. And that is that what can I do with mm-hmm. my little kind of cog in the wheel or whatever the mm-hmm. metaphor is, mm-hmm. that I'm just part of a team. And so right. what can I do to make sure everybody that interacts with me has a great experience that I'm mm-hmm. doing everything I can to let them put their best foot forward. Mm-hmm. When I show up on a wedding day, the very first thing I do is just kind of scope out the thing, go mm-hmm. to everybody that's involved. The first thing I say to mm-hmm. every single photographer is, you know, I'm the officiant. I have mm-hmm. no rules. You know, mm-hmm. I know some officiants get a little bossy. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. no rules. Mm-hmm. They think you're brilliant. Be brilliant. What can right. I do to help you? Do you know mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Because the right. way I work, every single couple builds their own ceremony. Do mm-hmm. you know what's about to happen? And as mm-hmm. an event planner, the week of the wedding, I mm-hmm. would email you 
the mm-hmm. wedding ceremony that the couple mm-hmm. and I have put together so that mm-hmm. you understand what it is from a logistical standpoint. Right. And also you have a backup. Right. That level of right. confidence that no matter what, we're going to be able to handle it. I've never missed a wedding ceremony, but I still think that it's so important to communicate really, really mm-hmm. well. I don't mm-hmm. think that my ceremonies belong to me. I think they belong to the couple. And consequently, everybody is there to serve the couple. So why mm-hmm. not give everybody the ceremony and let them right. prepare? Exactly. Um, you know, here's where it's going to happen. This person's going to do this thing. The, one of the things that I've done in my life is I edited wedding videos. He's such a renaissance man. All of these things. It's so fascinating. Well, it's like you said, one thing leads to another, leads to another, mm-hmm. leads to another. And if I have an inclination, that stuff, I really enjoy that creative mm-hmm. art type of thing. And so when I was editing videos, and we're mm-hmm. talking about back in the day when everything was yeah. on videotape, there were so many times where I would edit a wedding ceremony and mm-hmm. I would think to myself, just me, all by myself in the little editing booth, but mm-hmm. I would have say out loud, what are you talking about? <laughs> meaning meaning right. the officiant, you know? Right. What are right. you talking about? What does that Where have to this, do with Where them? is this going? There's a disconnect. The moment that an officiant mm-hmm. thinks it's about them, there's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have a job to do. And from that right. standpoint, it's all about me, but it's not about me. And that goes with everybody that I interface with as professionals is what can I do to make, and I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So with the Paris Hilton wedding, mm-hmm. we worked together on the ceremony. And then I understand that with a production of that size, and mm-hmm. it was huge. Oh my gosh, huge. I can't there even was, imagine. Just for the ceremony itself, there was at least mm-hmm. 10 cameras. I'm, I'm imagining wow. where they all were. Yeah. And it's a full television production. Somebody told me that there was over 300 people in support staff uh, oh, of all different kinds. Wow. Yeah, and that's the the television and then social media and everywhere I turned, there was a camera. So the bottom line is there were people everywhere. On the the day before, I think, Uh I texted the event planner. And Mm -hmm. again, I was working with Mindy Weiss. And I said, I'm going to send you the ceremony. I mean, nobody from the production company has asked me for it, but I'm just going to send it to you just so you know. And she forwarded it to them. And she told me, she said, you would have thought I had handed them a bucket of gold that <laughs> now they understood what was going to happen during the ceremony. Because oh my gosh. remember, this is another thing that a lot of couples don't understand. You and I both know that a wedding day is a really long day. From the right. time they start doing hair and makeup to the time they're waving mm-hmm. goodbye to everybody, it's like 10, 12 mm-hmm. hours. It's a really right. long day. And here you have this little sliver of time that is the wedding ceremony in mm-hmm. the middle of this big, long day. Right. But so short. that little sliver of time carries more emotional content mm-hmm. than almost anything you're going to do the rest of the day. And I so that's agree. why I want it to be perfect. And I want everybody to mm-hmm. kind of lock in. Mm-hmm. So with a big production, like television production, like, well, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. I realize that a lot of the things that I normally would pay attention to logistically, I don't need to think about because they have mm-hmm. hundreds of people that are trying to take care of all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. My job is to create that space mm-hmm. where the couple finally is going to be getting married and make sure that everybody is comfortable you probably have heard from officiants mm-hmm. that when on a regular wedding, when mm-hmm. the couple kiss at the end of the ceremony, it's mm-hmm. really good for the officiant to get out of that picture, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. scramble. Right. And so I did exactly the same thing for Paris and Carter's wedding. Problem is that when I turned to get out, There's there was stuff in the way, oh plus a gosh. cameraman. I just had to be careful. I had to yeah. be careful I didn't run into anything or run into anybody. It was a little bit of a of a yeah. hop, skip, and a jump. When I turned around and realized they were still kissing, I thought, uh-huh. oh, television's going to get what they need. They don't have to worry yeah. about that. So that's what <laughs> that I mean. It's kind of like the same basic theme, no matter yeah. what, whether it's celebrity or professional athlete mm-hmm. or whatever it is, the same basic stuff is still mm-hmm. intact 
A wedding mm-hmm. is a wedding is a wedding, so to speak. Mm-hmm. There is a security that, issue when you talk about celebrities yeah. that has nothing to do with me. But you mm-hmm. know, if you're as an event planner, you want to take that into consideration as well. For that wedding, all of our cell phones were checked at the door the same way mm-hmm. you would check a coat or whatever. Makes you know. sense. I think it's fascinating. No one had thought to ask you the script for the ceremony, because usually with my couples, a lot of times if they're at a church, I love church weddings. I, you know, we grew up Catholic and I think it's very important. I get that it's not for everybody, but sometimes the church doesn't want the planner involved because it muddies things up. I get that too. But when there's a family member that's officiating, I'll say like, can I see the script? Like usually a month out. I'm like, they're like, we're working on it. We're working on it. And I'm like, can I just see it? So I know how to cue people and like when we're cueing the music and that kind of stuff. And I like to say like, when you say X, we're going to press play. But I want to know, like, what are you saying? Like, is it you're now married? Is it Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so? Or is it like you may kiss the bride? Like, what is the last cue? And people don't realize I like to have that stuff. So I think it's just fascinating that no one thought to even ask you for a script, especially being that it was going to be televised and, like, there's a lot of people already involved, too. Well, you know what it is, is that it's like all of us, we don't know what we don't know. You can totally identify with this because of the mm-hmm. events that you produce and have done mm-hmm. is that sometimes there's an aspect of it because you're focused on so many other moving mm-hmm. parts. There's mm-hmm. an aspect of it that just doesn't even come across your radar. Right. And so I just assumed that it was something similar to that. Yeah. That whole thing about preparing everybody is mm-hmm. is critical. I and agree. I really like the idea that if you have enough experience under your belt, you can be the hero. You can be the mm-hmm. person that solves the problem before it even exists. And mm-hmm. you can tell when another person has a clue, when you mm-hmm. walk up and say, by the way, during the ceremony, there's going to be this one particular mm-hmm. moment, because I'm aware mm-hmm. that we don't do take two. All the right. people that are trying to record it, they're <laughs> hoping to catch some kind of, they're, they're trying right. to herd cats, you know? Right, right. And so if I can do something that's going to get, let them prepare so they can mm-hmm. capture that moment, because I know that that's their marketing tool, are the right. images that they, you know, anyway, so on. Yeah. And then you can see the light bulb go off in their heads like, oh my gosh, thank you. You've let them be great. You gave them the tools they needed to be great, which is really, really, really important. Getting back to working with somebody who's never officiated before, I created a checklist, day of checklist for, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. I call them rookies. I call them, you know, (laughs) whatever it is. Yeah. But the important (laughs) thing is, Mm-hmm. is that I realized that there was a tremendous need in the industry for something like this where an event mm-hmm. planner can just hand a checklist to mm-hmm. the person that's going to be an efficient, not telling them, like not being all bossy, right. but giving them some things that Tools. will help them because they don't mm-hmm. know what they don't know, will exactly. help them be even better. Because more often than not, when a first-time officiant is working with an event planner that's experienced Mm -hmm. and the event planner starts to ask a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. it can be a little disconcerting if you think they're Mm -hmm. trying to tell you what to do or boss you around. But it's exactly Mm -hmm. the opposite. It's more Mm -hmm. along the lines of, I want you to be great. You don't know how to be great. And so all I'm trying to do is make sure that the pieces fit. But if you hand them a checklist and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have your name across the top of it, it has Mm -hmm. my name across the top Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. And they can say, who's this guy? And they will look him up and you'll see. But (laughs) but the important thing is that it's it's a place to start that where they can kind of realize, oh, my gosh, there's a lot more to this than just standing up and telling a joke about my buddy. Right. You're not supposed to do that during a ceremony anyway. But that's. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My sister is an officiant in in Reno and she says, Uh listen. I tell everybody, this is a ceremony. It's not the toast. Right. Or the roast. 
Gosh, yeah. Exactly. I will make sure that people can access it. We can put it on the blog post that we have in the show yeah. notes. Okay. I'm excited to be able to share that, your checklist with everyone. That'll be great because I think that's definitely a need in the industry for people that, oh, I'm going to have my cousin do it. They'll be great, but they have no idea what they're doing, which is one of the most important parts of the day is you're getting married. So yeah, I think that'd be great. Okay. Last question about celebrity weddings. Do you feel like with celebrity weddings, do they care about things differently? Do they have different priorities or do they just have more priorities competing for their attention because there's a different scale, but at the end, it's basically all the same things? I heard a couple of questions in that question. Mm -hmm. What I heard is where are their priorities personally? What are their individual personalities? And then what are they trying to accomplish? And that's where I'm pretty fortunate in that I'm focusing just on the ceremony. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that working with a high-profile clientele in regards to an entire wedding day is mm-hmm. a whole different, you know, mm-hmm. hive of bees, ball of wax, whatever <laughs> metaphor you want to put on that. I mean, it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. But I'm really fortunate that because I get to focus on that one specific mm-hmm. thing. And then, as I've mentioned before, I'm also very lucky that most of the time people calm down and they really try to connect with each other on mm-hmm. a real, real level. Mm-hmm. Because I think what we forget is Mm -hmm. that we don't want to be lumped in with Mm -hmm. a group just because Mm -hmm. I wear this type of clothing or I live Mm -hmm. in this particular neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I am not like everybody that's around me. Mm -hmm. I am my own person. Mm -hmm. And so celebrities are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. They all have their own unique individualities. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that, well, I'm blessed also because when we create Mm -hmm. the ceremony together, and that's the way I work, every couple Mm -hmm. builds their own ceremony, Mm -hmm. then you can see their personalities come forward. Mm-hmm. And because a wedding ceremony is only three basic things, it's mm-hmm. it's the commitments, obviously, because you're getting married, but it's also mm-hmm. who you are as an individual, which I think mm-hmm. is important because that's who you fell in love with. But that's also mm-hmm. who you're offering to this other person is who you right. are. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing would be whatever you think your marriage is going to be moving forward. Every mm-hmm. single ceremony in the entire world has those, those three basic components. One about who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. If you choose a Catholic ceremony, just as an mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. And that means that your Catholicism and the rituals mm-hmm. are important to you and to your heritage. Mm-hmm. So that's an expression of who you are as an individual. It all mm-hmm. plays. It all works together. And so when you get to celebrities or anybody that has mm-hmm. a certain status, because remember this, mm-hmm. a person can be a celebrity and mm-hmm. never be in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. If working with somebody who's a politician or uh, maybe high up in a company or a corporation mm-hmm. or a CEO or, or mm-hmm. has obtained a huge amount of wealth. And Mm -hmm. they're going to have a level of celebrity that most of us perhaps haven't Mm -hmm. experienced. And so from that standpoint, almost from that standpoint, we want everybody to feel like a celebrity if they're getting married that day. But being open to who is this particular person, Mm -hmm. that works no matter what the wedding budget is or Mm -hmm. what their background is. That individuality and the approach to that and being sensitive to that is, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all that really matters no matter who it is. I love that. Uh, and that makes complete sense because at the end of the day, they're all choosing to get married for you know the special reason because they want to be with that person and they want to share that love and that joy with everybody else. So I think that makes complete sense. Going to the ceremony and back to our first time officiants, what do you think makes a good officiant? And then also like when couples, if they don't have a family member or they're trying to decide which family member to choose to be their officiant, what do you think they should be thinking about or questions that they should be asking? So the first thing is, if mm-hmm. you're considering having somebody that's familiar, that's the reason most couples will choose a non-professional is because they want mm-hmm. to have a sense of connection. They mm-hmm. want somebody, what I've heard more often is that we don't want somebody who doesn't know us 
to mm -hmm. officiate a wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, with my process, we do get to know each other and there is a, right. there's a connection there. Mm -hmm. But with that in mind, if that's the single criteria to make that choice, mm -hmm. then you have to be sensitive to the person that you're approaching. Number one, do they want to do it? Because right. public speaking is the number one phobia. Do mm -hmm. they even want to do it? Mm -hmm. Number two, do they have any background at all in public speaking? Mm -hmm. Because that's what's happening. Yeah. More often than not, if you've got more than 50 people, there's going to be a microphone involved. And, mm -hmm. you know, are they comfortable wearing a microphone? Do they hold, like holding a microphone? Do they have any experience with that whatsoever? Right. The next thing is, do you want them to surprise you with what they say during the ceremony? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to control that process and tell them mm -hmm. what you want them to say? Do you mm -hmm. want some kind of hybrid of that? Those are the three basic things. Number one, who are they? Do they even want to do it? Number two, mm -hmm. are they equipped to do it? Do they have the skill set? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have somebody that you really is really important to you in your life, mm -hmm. but they're incredibly soft-spoken. You know, they don't mind being in front of people, but nobody mm -hmm. can hear them. And that's another thing. If people can't hear and they can't see, <sighs> yeah. then they're disconnected. They think that they're, you think they're not important, and mm -hmm. they're going to start talking amongst themselves mm -hmm. during your wedding ceremony. Mm -hmm. And so... All of that has to come into play. You have to put mm -hmm. a position, uh, person who's not a professional mm -hmm. into the position of being a professional so that you can have the brilliant memories that you want of your wedding mm -hmm. ceremony. If you ask most people about their wedding, the first thing that jumps into their mind, the things they wish were different. I right. wish we had said that. I wish we had done this. I wish we didn't invite that guy. And that's the way it works with the wedding ceremony as well, except for it's, all the emotions are heightened because right. of how important the ceremony is. And mm -hmm. so when you're approaching somebody you have to take those three basic criteria into consideration, and then the couple has to let the officiant know what they want to feel. Here's what we really want to feel during our wedding ceremony so that everybody's on the same page. I've got a neighbor who was asked to officiate a wedding ceremony. They have different ideas of what they think the criteria is, you know, because they don't know what they don't know. When right. I walk into any environment, a professional environment, if I've never done that job before, I have preconceived notions of what I think it's supposed to be. And more mm -hmm. often than not, it's 180 degrees opposite of what I thought it was going to be. Officiating a ceremony is pretty similar to that. Most people think it's going to be some sort of a performance or some sort of a, a roast or some sort of a something or other. When, I mean, you could do that if you want to, but it's <laughs> not going to be the optimum experience for everybody, yeah. especially the couple. Right. And so that's why the checklist that I put together, I think, is mm -hmm. it's just a great way to start. Even right. if a couple hasn't chosen the person, if they realize what the person should do to right. be great at that job, it's going to influence who they decide they want. Maybe they realize, you know, there's a lot to think here and I don't want to put somebody in a position to fail. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. hire a professional. Right. I mean, you know, you hope. Do you feel like, because like the, a lot of things that I look forward to in the ceremony is like what is being said and the actual script, again, comes back to the script. Do you feel like they need to be a good writer or do you feel like maybe the couple can help them with that? Because I think the emotional stuff, when it's really well said, and again, it doesn't have to be super long, but the way it's being said is very important also. Okay, so now we're talking about the content of the ceremony. Before, mm -hmm. we were talking about the job, the logistics right. of being okay. efficient. Yeah. But the content of the ceremony, in my opinion, mm -hmm. you want to work from the inside out. If you've never mm -hmm. done it before, work from the inside out. Here's what I recommend. There's a website called WeddingCeremonyChoices.com, mm -hmm. and it's wonderful. There's all kinds of different things that you would find in a wedding ceremony. Say to the couple, 
there's three moments in a wedding ceremony where it's really personal. Mm-hmm. One, I got to ask you, do you want to marry this person? Mm-hmm. But the question that I ask you to get that answer can be whatever you want. As mm-hmm. long as, and here's another thing, whoever performs the ceremony doesn't have to sign the marriage license. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to drop that bomb there for a second and let it lay. All right. That's interesting. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second if you've got time. But yeah. that's another thing that's really, really important. Anybody uh-huh. can perform a ceremony. The criteria for signing a marriage license and authenticating or being authorized to authenticate or what they call in California solemnizing the vows is uh-huh. a completely different set of criteria. So oh. I'm going to set that aside here for a uh-huh. second. That's really important for every single couple to, to wrap their minds around that, mm-hmm. that who you ask to perform the ceremony does not have to be the person that signs the marriage license. Mm-hmm. All right. Getting back to the ingredients of the wedding ceremony, mm-hmm. that question of, do you want to marry this person can be phrased so many different ways. Go to weddingceremonychoices.com, mm-hmm. go to first vows, declaration mm-hmm. of consent, and look at all the different choices. You can cut and paste, you can mix and match, oh, create yeah. the question that you want to be asked. And both people in the couple don't have to answer the same question. Mm-hmm. The bottom line oh, is, mm-hmm. do you want to marry this person? Right. That really right. is the essence. Do you want to marry this person? Do you want mm-hmm. to be in a state of matrimony with this person? Mm-hmm. That's another thing people don't realize. Whoever issues the marriage license, they mm-hmm. don't think that that piece of paper is romantic. <sighs> they think that piece of paper is a business contract, which mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. That couple is going to go into a financial partnership called state of matrimony. And the rules mm-hmm. are different depending upon who issues the license. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is that. And mm-hmm. so the entity that issues the license, they just want to make sure that, you know, it's kind of like if it's a business contract, most people don't care who goes into business with who. Mm-hmm. They just want to make sure that you are willing to go into business. You're not being coerced. Same right. thing with a marriage license. Right. right. If you both agree to be married to each other, mm-hmm. that's the number one most important criteria of a wedding ceremony. Number mm-hmm. two is the vows, where you look mm-hmm. at each other and say, I want to be married to you. Mm-hmm. And it can be a repeat after me. Or mm-hmm. you can write personal vows. Mm-hmm. I have some criteria for personal vows. I'll share that with you in a second. Yeah. But the repeat after me is also in the weddingceremonychoices.com. Just go right mm-hmm. to vows. You can see all the different ways that you can do a repeat after me to mm-hmm. have formal vows where you say, I want to be married to you. Mm-hmm. And again, you can cut and paste, mix and match, change words, make it your own. And you both don't have to both say the same thing. Right. Make sure that you identify with it 100%. That it's 100% coming from your heart to that person's heart. And then the third part is the ring exchange. Because Mm -hmm. the rings are a symbol. And so when you put the ring on each other's fingers, it means different things to different people. Some Mm -hmm. people want to keep it really simple and traditional with this ring, IV wed. Some Mm -hmm. people, they want to tell you what that ring means. Mm -hmm. And again, if you go to weddingceremonychoices.com and go to ring exchange, you'll see all the different ways that you can express what the ring means to you. Uh-huh. So for an officiant that's building a ceremony with a couple, mm-hmm. I like putting them in charge of those three sections okay. very specifically mm-hmm. because that informs every other choice that I make. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time, my couples, they actually – they are involved with all parts of the ceremony. But for an officiant that maybe has a couple that doesn't want to do that much work, having them have their hands on mm-hmm. in those three sections, the I do, the – and by the way, you don't have to say I do. You can Mm -hmm. say, I am, I will, Mm -hmm. as long as you're saying, yes, I'm good with this. Right. And then the vows between each other and then the ring exchange. Mm -hmm. Start with that. Let the couple put their hands on that and the rest of the ceremony will kind of fall into place. Mm -hmm. Okay, now personal vows. When (laughs) couples want to write their personal vows, what the first thing I tell them is you don't have to give a history lesson. (laughs) 
You don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. if you want your guests to know the background of your relationship, mm-hmm. then put it on your website. Most mm-hmm. couples will create a website for their wedding mm-hmm. and you can include how we met and da 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 da. That's mm-hmm. great. You don't need to explain all of that. At that mm-hmm. moment, you're talking directly to each other. Mm-hmm. You're not performing. You're talking mm-hmm. directly to each other. And no matter how many times you've said, I love you, no matter mm-hmm. how many times you said, I can't wait till we're married, mm-hmm. this moment is different. This is the moment where you look into the eyes of the person that you want to be married to and you explain to them why. You want to know why we've gone through all of this and put on these clothes and invited right. all these people and all the stress. You want to know why I went through that? Let me tell you why I want to be married to you. And Mm -hmm. then it comes from your heart. And that's all you have to do. The moment that Mm -hmm. you realized that this was the one, the moment that you said to yourself, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a better person because of this person. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that you need to say out loud at that moment. Now, this is not a PowerPoint presentation. It's really important that there are certain parameters. Number one, give a history lesson. Talk directly to each other. Number two. Yeah. Explain the why. Number uh-huh. three, no more than 500 words. Agreed. No more than 500 words. I can't emphasize <laughs> mm-hmm. that enough. If you can't help yourself that everything mm-hmm. you have to explain is a lot more than 500 words, then mm-hmm. don't do it as a personal vow. Right. Do it as a love letter to each other that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the ceremony. And plus, that's a memento that you'll keep for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. So that's really important. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're going to lose the energy of the people that are connected. If you go mm-hmm. off on some kind of a ramble mm-hmm. during your personal vow, all of your guests are going to check out. Agreed. I don't care how funny you think you are, you know, or, <laughs> right, or right. of course, everybody is as much in love as we are in love. Mm-hmm. No, they're mm-hmm. not. No, right, they right. are connected because everybody wants to feel that human experience that is love. Mm-hmm. But the best thing you can do is talk directly to each other at that mm-hmm. moment. And you don't have to say, when we first saw each other in the Bubba, you know what I mean? Or or give any kind of a history. You don't have to do that unless it's relevant to the moment, the aha moment, like, Mm -hmm. I can't live another day without you. That's what's relevant during your personal vows, during your wedding Mm -hmm. ceremony. This is gold. Yes. You're right, because a lot of them do start out with, I've known you for this long, or like, when we started hanging out, or whatever. Right. I think that's a very important point that you're making, which is I'm vowing, I'm promising something to you. This is what I'm promising, which is why it's a vow. And this is, you know, so I love that. This is great. And for those people who think that they can wing it, well, if you want to wing it, that's great. Mm -hmm. But do the homework. Right. Do the homework. Write down Okay, let me give you a background story. So I'm going to marry a couple. <laughs> Having highs right now thinking about someone winging it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it never goes well. I'm marrying a couple. We have a, we have a meeting prior mm-hmm. where we're getting to know each other. And mm-hmm. they're both real estate agents. And they handle really high-end property. I mean like mm-hmm. multi-million dollar houses, residential. Mm-hmm. And what they've decided to do was combine the two things. They know they want to get married to each other, but they also have a house that they need to show off. And so oh my they gosh. said, let's just have our wedding there. And so, and the house is beautiful. And and so they said, let's invite everybody on our, you know, contact list to come to the wedding to show off the house. And obviously we'll pay for it because we're going to make a huge commission on the sale of this house. It's no big deal. And he looked at me and he said, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't care less about two thirds of the people that are coming. I said, no kidding. I said, well, okay. If it was just the two of you, just the two of you, what would you do? Uh 
Oh, that's easy. I would take her to the beach because we love the ocean and, and that's mm-hmm. a big part of our life. Mm-hmm. I would look her in the eyes and I would tell her, I cannot live another day without her as my wife. Aww. I said, that's what I want in the ceremony. Right. Because all the hoopla and all that kind of stuff, the yeah. minute we get to that moment, all mm-hmm. of that just kind of fades away. And everybody wants to know that this is legit. That right. This is for real. Mm-hmm. I can't emphasize enough how doing the homework of your personal vow, you may not want to or need to or take that piece of paper with you or have it handed to you during the ceremony, mm-hmm. but at least you've crystallized your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And with the whole idea of just let me just tell you why at right. this moment mm-hmm. I'm really doing this with you, mm-hmm. then you've got an anchor that you can kind of wrap your mind around so that when mm-hmm. you are working off the cuff, mm-hmm. you still have you know your anchor and your bullet points in your head. That's great. Did they actually get married at the house? They really did oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did all that. But yeah. to their credit, the ceremony was what it was supposed to be. Okay. It was intimate. Well, it was good. personal. And it was what yeah. it was supposed to be. On a side note, I bet that made their business even more successful. Right. Because everybody wants to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And mm-hmm. if they realized how real they were and mm-hmm. how much in love they were and how honest it was between the two mm-hmm. of them, mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes me think that people are going to trust them in business as well. Right. I agree. I mean, I think a lot of it is you don't buy from companies or brands. You buy from people that you like, or like you read the reviews like, oh, this person supports this person. And I like this person. I trust them. That's why I'm going to purchase that or buy from them. Or like, I just like that guy. Like I trust him. I want to give him my business. So I agree with that. Moving on. Let's talk a little bit about ceremonies of mixed faiths. Because I I have a lot of couples that are marrying, again, I'm using that word again, but combining different heritage and backgrounds and faiths. You know, they want to be respectful and considerate of everyone. And sometimes they might have family that feel very strongly about one, you know, their own faith. And I know there's a lot that I'm asking you, but if you could boil it down to like a couple of things that people should think about, couples should think about when they're trying to combine both of their backgrounds or their faiths, what do you think is going to make them the most successful? in their wedding ceremony and putting it together. Grandma. They have to go to grandma. Let me explain. That's the first I have in my mind. Okay, so so most of the time, what we're talking about is not the wedding ceremony itself, not the I do, not the vows, not Mm -hmm. the rings. We're not talking about that. What Mm -hmm. we're talking about are traditional rituals. And I think that everybody has a different idea of what a ritual is supposed to be. And that's Mm -hmm. all based on whatever they think other people think it's supposed to be. I really Mm -hmm. do believe that. I really do believe that a lot of peer pressure when it comes to religious social experiences. So Mm -hmm. like for instance, oh, here's the best story that I know about this. Mm -hmm. So a couple gets married and she knows that he likes a roast. And so she makes it for him and he eats it and he says, yeah, this is really good. Well, what? It could be better. Well, I don't know. I mean, when my mom would fix it, she would cut off the ends of the roast. I don't know. That's what she did. All right. So the new wife goes to Uh her mother-in-law and says, hey, I fixed him a roast. Oh, great. Yeah, he liked it. But he said you cut off the ends of the roast. Oh, yeah. My grandmother always did that. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. she went through the generations and got to the oldest matriarch Mm -hmm. in the family Mm -hmm. and said, what is the secret that I understand you cut off the ends of the roast? Why do you do that? And the old woman says, oh, honey, when I made roast, the pan was too small. (laughs) and We had to cut off the ends. That's all. That's why I did that. But as it went through the generations, everybody attached their own meaning to that. That's the way religious rituals are, Mm -hmm. is that people think that just because we've done it this way or somebody saw it that way, 
Mm-hmm. So the best thing you can do is identify the person that you are trying, you're including that ritual in the ceremony for a mm-hmm. specific person more mm-hmm. often than not. Mm-hmm. Go to that person and mm-hmm. say, hey, we want to honor our heritage. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, if they're, you're combining heritages, then it makes sense. You go as a couple and you say, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we include and we honor our heritage because that's really what you're doing. I don't think there's any ritual necessarily that if we don't do this, God hates us. Right, I don't think there's right. anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a ritual that honors your heritage. And so you go to that person and say, we just want to make sure that we we follow the tradition. What's the best way for them to do for us to do this? And most of the time they'll lay it out. And it mm-hmm. could be something just bare bones like, well, you have to have this and you have to have that. And you have to say this or maybe they don't even know what you're supposed to say. But at least you've covered that base where you know that if we do it this way, then that person's going to be happy. Because right. the way I've explained with uh, most, this is, again, back in the day, most heterosexual couples, everybody mm-hmm. wants the bride to be happy. The problem, though, is that the bride wants everybody else to be happy. Okay, so if you go to the source of her concern, and this could be, obviously, non-binary couples, if you mm-hmm. go to the source of your concern and you say, out of honor to you and the heritage, how should we do this thing? Mm-hmm. And then you take away all of that stress and all that worry. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think that's important to point out because I think a lot of couples feel pressure, you know, to do different things because of their heritage or their family or, you know, but I think it's to your point, go to the person that it's meaningful for, it's important to them and figure out the crux behind it. And I think taking that pressure off yourself and understanding the why behind it or the meaning behind it, I think is will help simplify the whole process for them and hopefully take off some of that pressure. Plus, even the fact that you went to that person and you honored them, mm-hmm. you put them in a place of honor and mm-hmm. say, you know, you mean the world to us and we want to make mm-hmm. sure that we do this right. Mm-hmm. That will carry dividends for years because that, you right. know, that person knows how much mm-hmm. they mean to you. Exactly. Even if all you're trying to do is make sure they don't complain, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need to say <laughs> that out loud. Too. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's true. So let's go a little, we haven't talked about music. And I think a lot of couples also agonize about the music for the processional, the recessional, all that kind of stuff. There are a lot of choices that they can have when it comes to the music. Do you want to do something more traditional, Pachelbel, classical, you know, so many choices. Do you have a preference or how do you, do you ever like work with them also on the, their music choices? And then how do you steer them or how do they, how do you help them make decisions in that aspect of the ceremony? I dealt a lot more with music when I was a disc jockey, mm-hmm. a DJ, mm-hmm. because that was, you know, that was my wheelhouse. When, as right. an officiant, mm-hmm. I just need to know when the music is going to start and stop. I don't really mm-hmm. get involved in the in the selections mm-hmm. themselves, especially mm-hmm. as a non-denominational, because nowadays mm-hmm. everybody has access to almost every song ever recorded. The guideline that I give, and this is informed by all my years as a DJ, mm-hmm. is the emotional experience of the music. And mm-hmm. so if you think of a particular song, let me boil, let me back up. The moment informs the song. So in other mm-hmm. words, for example, when you walk up the aisle, if mm-hmm. you want to hear a specific thing because it gives you a specific feeling, then that's what you should hear. Right. And even if you've hired live musicians, mm-hmm. if there's a recording of a song that means everything to you at that moment, and it isn't the whole song, it's mm-hmm. the specific 30 second section of that song, mm-hmm. then that's exactly what you should hear as you approach the altar mm-hmm. or whatever the altar is. Right, you're walking right. up to get married. And so go ahead and play it through a sound system. I am mm-hmm. of the opinion that if it's possible, you do not you do not make concessions on the music. If it's possible for you to hear exactly what you want to hear, mm-hmm. then that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. What I tell people is that, okay, if you want dancing elephants at your wedding, 
Mm-hmm. The odds are pretty strong that we're not going to be able to get dancing elephants. But what does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. When you think of dancing elephants, what does that make you feel? That's what right. we're going to try to replicate, right? Right. And so right. in regards to the music, every single classical piece has different variations on it with different instrument instrumentation mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. you know vibes to it. The Nutcracker. The mm-hmm. traditional nutcracker that is around this time of the year. You can find jazz versions of that. You can find rock versions of mm-hmm. that. You can find, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. And obviously the different, and mm-hmm. you can find classical versions that are done by single instruments, combos, mm-hmm. full orchestras. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what you want to hear. And be very specific about that because that you mm-hmm. don't have to scrimp when it comes to what do you want to hear at mm-hmm. those specific moments in your wedding ceremony. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, it does. And I think for me, I'm very heavily influenced by the music I hear because like I work out and it gets me, you know, excited and hyped up or like, it calms me down. So I feel like that's what I tell them, you know, I want you to play, you know, press play on if, if you're listening to a band or, you know, a DJ, listen to the actual pieces. Don't just like look at what the title is. I want to know like the exact piece that you want to hear, figure out how it makes you feel. And I think usually when they listen to it, they see, okay, this is what I like. This is the vibe that I picture in my head of like when I'm walking down the aisle or when we're recessing, or this is not the vibe at all that I'm going for. So yeah, so I, I think that's a really good point is thinking about how- Remember how we talked earlier about mm-hmm. it's all a blur? So the way I think that you can prevent the blurness of mm-hmm. your wedding day is to have specific moments to look forward to. And music is really, really good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear a song from when we were in high school and immediately we're transported back to whatever mm-hmm. that experience was and so on and so on. It's way it's the way our brains are constructed. Mm-hmm. When a person is suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia, mm-hmm. one of the things that the doctors will do is they will bring them back to whatever was culturally important to them when they were 20 years old. The mm-hmm. music, the images, all of that stuff, because our brain That's Mm -hmm. the way our brain is wired, is to make those Mm -hmm. emotional connections to the music. And so with that in mind, music is one of the ways that a couple can own their day. Mm -hmm. They can own it and then have anchors, specific anchors. Here's another little tip, as long as we're talking about anchoring your Mm -hmm. memories. What I'll say to a groom is, after the wedding ceremony, the whole thing about the reception just being a blur, Mm -hmm. is it makes sense because everybody wants a piece of the bride. You know, come mm-hmm. over here and do this. This this person needs you and pose for this photo. And they're, mm-hmm. they're just getting dragged all over all the time. Mm-hmm. I said, what you can do is you can give her the greatest gift that anybody could give a bride on their wedding day. And that is specific memories of their wedding day. And here's how you do it. You stop time. So during the reception, about mm-hmm. four or five times, mm-hmm. just pull her aside, just the two of you. Mm-hmm. And if anybody comes walking up, you say, give us a second. And they will, because mm-hmm. you're the groom, for like two minutes. That's all. Just mm-hmm. two minutes, the two of you look at each other and you say, oh, my gosh, here's what I'm going through. Did mm-hmm. you smell this? Did you see that? That made me laugh mm-hmm. so hard. I can't believe that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two minutes. And then and then you go back into the fray. Right. So two right. minutes can, no matter what, how packed the itinerary is, mm-hmm. two minutes is affordable. Mm-hmm. You do that about four or five times where you, mm-hmm. you pull yourself aside, you stop time and you anchor your memories. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love that. that. You give a stop time. Yeah, I think that's great because it does go by in such a blur, but really just taking a moment to process everything and point out things specifically that you loved yes. or saw or smelled or felt, I think is a really great way to actually solidify it in your memory. I think that's a really, really great tip. Before we wrap up, I don't know if we talked about this specifically. Is there like one mistake or one thing that you're like, please, 
if there's anything that you take from this interview or this podcast, don't do this or make sure you do this. I love that tip about stopping time, but is there anything else that you feel like I have to tell people this one thing about ceremonies, officiants, weddings, anything? Don't put the pressure on yourself to perform. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Be authentic and talk directly to each other. Number two, perfection is very subjective. Your perfection is not somebody else's perfection. Mm -hmm. And so build it for you. Mm -hmm. Now, what that means is if there's somebody that's going to be attending and they're really important to you and you Mm -hmm. want them to be happy, Mm -hmm. they're not going to be as happy as you, but you want them to be as happy for you, then it's okay to do everything you can to step in their shoes and imagine what their experience is going to be the entire Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. You've invited somebody. What can you do to make that frictionless for Mm -hmm. them the entire day? Directions, where do they park? Do they need something to drink? Are they in the shade? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. When a couple insists on having their ceremony outdoors and it's stupid. It's so stupid. It's really hot. It's really cold. It's really windy. It's whatever. And then somebody, the other thing that I think is misplaced is the advice air quotes advice, Mm -hmm. that a couple gets that says, put the invitation for four o'clock, but we're not really going to start the ceremony till 4.30. Oh, God, no. And they're saying to themselves, people are late. We don't want anybody interrupting the ceremony. And they're no, 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 no. Imagine the person that takes that invitation time seriously. And they're getting ready. And an hour, two hours before your wedding, they're screaming at each other. And they're pulling their hair out and they're in the car and they're, they, what are we doing? And they're sweating and they're waiting and they come running up thinking that we right. got here just as the ceremony is about to start and there's right. nobody sitting down and somebody right. says, oh, they weren't going to start till 4.30 anyway. All right. So remember how I said the bride was yeah. be happy? Imagine starting your entire day with people pissed off at you. Yeah. No, I hate that. I don't know where that came from, but I think that's horrible well, to the people that showed people up on time. To, yeah, exactly. What I suggest is... Mm-hmm. Number one, you make it really clear we're starting the ceremony at this time. Mm-hmm. Number two, you identify the people that are really important, mm-hmm. VIPs, to mm-hmm. where you can't really start the ceremony unless they're there. Right. But those people are chronically late. Mm-hmm. Here's what I recommend. The couple, not mm-hmm. the parents, the couple, go mm-hmm. to that person. Call them up on the phone. It's fine. And the first words out of your mouth are, you mean the world to me. Mm-hmm. You validate them right off the bat. You mean the world to me. I am so honored and excited that you're going to be there on our wedding day. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could show up at, and you give them a time that's 90 minutes before the invitation. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could show up and you could help us with, and then you make up some job. Maybe Mm -hmm. you want them to be there as part of the photos, maybe whatever. Mm -hmm. But if they're so important that you cannot start the ceremony without them and they're Mm -hmm. chronically late. Mm -hmm. I remember somebody said, you can't trust that person. They're always late. No, no, no. You can trust them. You can trust them to be late. Yeah. So if I'm expecting them to do something different just because of what's in my brain, mm-hmm. that's stupid. So mm-hmm. if you go to those people and you give them a reason to show up early, then mm-hmm. you relieve all of that stress. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? That makes and sense. And then they're there. Stress. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As long as we're talking about stress, I hope you don't mind. I think what I'm about to give you is the best advice ever. So, I'm excited. Okay. Okay. Formal photos. Yes. Formal photos are the most stressful thing that a couple is mm-hmm. going to do on their wedding day for two mm-hmm. reasons. Number one, you got to get them done. 
Right. Even if you do a first look, you got to get them done because you have to get married. Or if you're doing it after the ceremony, you got to get them done because you have a bunch of other stuff to do that day. Right. You got to get them done. Why is it stressful? No one's paying attention. That's People's so true. attention span on a wedding day is about the size of a gnat. Mm-hmm. So here's what you do. The couple has to do some homework. Mm-hmm. You make a shot list. Right. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking mm-hmm. about actual photos because mm-hmm. you know how it is. You mm-hmm. take a photo with the couple and these four people and two of them leave mm-hmm. and then you do another one. Then you bring a bunch of other people and, you did, and you're constantly mm-hmm. moving people in and out in different combinations. Mm-hmm. So, And if the couple needs to go to their parents to say, okay, who has to be in these photos? Mm-hmm. You make a shot list. Now, in mm-hmm. my opinion, you do old people and children first mm-hmm. because yes. inevitably someone's going to take an old person away thinking mm-hmm. that they're trying to help them, but they haven't had their photo taken yet. So mm-hmm. get older people and children first. The wedding party, in my mm-hmm. opinion, they know they're there for the duration. Mm-hmm. Shoot them last. Mm-hmm. Get all these other people out of the way. Right. The shot list is in that sequence of mm-hmm. every specific photo that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Then here's the secret sauce. You pick a person who is a really nice person, mm-hmm. but they get stuff done. And it is nobody in the wedding party and mm-hmm. it is not the event planner. Mm-hmm. The event planner, is, as you know, is always one step ahead. If you're right. taking photos, they're getting ready for whatever's next. So you pick a person. I call this person the photo wrangler, right. W-R-A-N-G-L-E-R. If you're on a movie set and you've got animals of some sort, <laughs> somebody is a wrangler. There is a wrangler, yes. Get them in front of the camera. And <laughs> right. so you pick a person who's going to be a photo wrangler. And so what right. you do, don't give them any other responsibilities. In fact, mm-hmm. if you have to invite them special, it's worth the price of a meal to have mm-hmm. them do this job. Mm-hmm. Bring them to the rehearsal dinner. Invite oh. them. When you stand up and say, thank you, everybody. We're really excited about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is Susie. Susie mm-hmm. is going to get you in front of the camera during the formal photos. You do whatever she says. Then Susie that. goes around to every single person at the reception dinner, goes around mm-hmm. to every single person. Sometimes you have relatives from out of town or whatever. Uh-huh. And you say, hi, I am Susie. Who are you? We're Uncle Bob and Aunt Betty. Oh, look mm-hmm. at that. You're in group number four. Mm-hmm. So when we organize everybody for the photos tomorrow, mm-hmm. you're going to be in group four. So just be ready. And she goes around to every person in the room. Now I love on the that. Same page. Mm-hmm. When it's time, and your photographer will love you. Yeah. The photographer never True. knows who anybody it's is. The worst. They start yelling out names yeah. and they yeah. just, you know. Okay, so then when it's time for the formal photos, mm-hmm. the wrangler jumps into action and says, mm-hmm. where's group one? Where's group two? Where's group three? And she lines them all up. Mm-hmm. The photo photographer doesn't have to worry about people. They mm-hmm. just worry about taking great sh- mm-hmm. uh, photos. Mm-hmm. And it goes really fast. If you're organized mm-hmm. like this, what normally takes an hour is done in 20 minutes. Right. And everybody's happy. That's great. Because the other thing is that people get really annoyed if they think somebody else isn't paying attention, even if they're not (laughs) paying attention. With a photo wrangler and having Mm -hmm. it all organized, Mm -hmm. I said this to a couple that had a guest list of 300 people. And I said, are you going to do formal photos? She said, yeah, we're taking a photo of everybody. They were from a different culture. Okay. I said, everybody? 300 people? They said, yeah. Okay, well, here's what you need. Yeah. They had three, three photo wranglers. Smart. And they said... My wife actually officiated that ceremony, mm-hmm. and she said it went like clockwork. It was crazy. Right. It was boom, right. boom, 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 boom. I love that. Tells usually, I tell people to have someone that's like well connected. Like, there's usually like an aunt that knows a lot of people that like can help wrangle. But I love the extra step of like introducing them at the rehearsal dinner, having them like be more integrated as part of the team, and really owning it. I think that is a really, really, really great tip. I love that. So definitely people, we will put this all in the show notes, guys, so you can have all of these to-dos from Clint, which is going to be amazing. Is there anything else that you think that we should have covered that we haven't covered or do you feel like we've covered everything that you would want 
to discuss today? Communication is everything. Communication is everything. It's okay to over-communicate. It's okay mm-hmm. to send somebody a text and an email and, and a follow-up, and it's okay. And if they get a little annoyed, that's okay because it's your wedding. Right. It's going to happen once. You know how that whole thing about you don't get a second chance to make a first impression? <laughs> well, for most people, you don't get a second chance to get married for the first time. Over-communicate. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's mm-hmm. all right. Even if somebody says, you already talked to me about this. I know, I'm just <laughs> double checking. I'm just making sure. Right. It's okay. That's a great tip. And plus, I think a lot of times people think they're bothering people when they send communications like that. But usually people are not paying attention anyway. So they need multiple reminders, which is why, you know, companies send multiple emails because you scroll through and you're like, yeah, I got it. But you're not going to look at it until you're actually ready to look at it. So I think that's a really great point. As an event planner, how frustrating (laughs) is it when you send an email and it's got it's only got four things, four things that just make sure you this, 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 this. And then when you talk to them, you know, for a fact, they didn't get past the first line. It is like the band will be like, where are we loading it? I'm like, it was in the email. Like I specifically said these, you know, X, Y, Z. I don't. Yeah, it is. It's true. (laughs) It is. It is. But, you, you know, you expect it. It happens, you know. There's worse things that could happen. So, yeah. And that's what pros do. We fill in the blanks. Mm -hmm. Pros fill in the blanks. Clint, this was amazing. I think we touched on so many different things and so many amazing pieces of advice for our listeners. I really, really appreciate all of your time. Before we wrap up, I'd like to ask all of our guests this one question, because I believe that life is too short to waste on moments without meeting or don't give us joy. What gives you the most joy or is the most meaningful for you? I think just joy itself. I think everybody has mm-hmm. a capacity for joy. I think there's basic ingredients that human beings are wired to do in order to support the community and mm-hmm. always be learning. The idea that you can allow joy to permeate a moment, no mm-hmm. matter what it is, something as simple as being able to walk downstairs. What I say to my family mm-hmm. is you don't have to look very far to see how blessed we are and to appreciate the joy in the moments of something simple or something grand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's really, I think, what gives my life its purpose. I love that. Thank you. Clint, it was so lovely talking to you. I really appreciate all of your time. Before we let you go, can you let our listeners know where to find you online if they would like to know more or hear any other tips and advice that you have for them? I think the simplest thing is just go to my website. It's just mm-hmm. my name. It's Clint Huff, C-L-I-N-T-H-U-F-F, as in Frank, T as in Tom, C-L-I-N-T-H-U-F-F-T, Dot com And that's where you can see all the things that I do and mm-hmm. the best way to reach out to me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Clint. This is amazing. And I also love that you spelled it out oh. because most people don't. One last thing. The Paris Hilton wedding will be on the Peacock channel, which is owned by NBC. Awesome. When is that airing? Do you know yet? In December. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be in December sometime, but I'm not sure when. Awesome. Well, I will definitely make sure that people are able to watch that and we will link to it in the show notes. Everyone, thank you so much, Clint, for your time. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. Y'all, wasn't that episode with Clint fascinating? He was so wonderful to talk to and had so many great takeaways during the interview. I love hearing how even celebrities get nervous and have the same values and hopes and dreams for their wedding ceremony, just like my couples do. Also, his part about focusing on yourselves and being in the moment was awesome. And how to write your wedding vows was brilliant. I loved every single bit of that. So make sure you listen closely to that part. Anyway, I really hoped you enjoyed today's episode. 
I highly encourage you to download his Day of Wedding Ceremony Checklist for Wedding Officiants, which can be found in the episode show notes at verveventco.com forward slash 46. That's four six. Whether or not you are officiating, you are hiring an officiant, or you're having a family friend officiate your ceremony for you, reading through his checklist will give you a lot of things to think about in terms of planning for your ceremony, your ceremony rehearsal, what kinds of direction you're going to need to give on the day of the wedding or the wedding officiant is going to need on the day of the wedding, all these things. It's really, really awesome. I read through it. I think it's great. A lot of the stuff that he includes in there, I take for granted as a wedding planner. So I love that he made it available for you all, our listeners. Again, you can find it at verveventco.com forward slash 46. Also, I know he mentioned that if he officiated Paris Hilton's wedding, which I think is so interesting, if you are interested in checking that out, I will definitely be doing so. It is available on the Peacock Network now. That's at Peacock TV, I believe. And the first episode of the series, which is titled Paris in Love, is free. So definitely check that out. Please don't forget to leave the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews that we receive this month in December will receive a custom hand-lettered ornament. It can say Married and Bright 2021 or Your Names and Engage 2021. Or if you want to get it for next year, Married and Bright 2022, something else, whatever you want. I will hand tie a pretty ribbon on it to make sure it's ready to hang on your tree for this year or next year. So make sure you write the show a review on Apple Podcasts and you send me a screenshot in Instagram so I can contact you and get your mailing address. If you are not comfortable leaving a review yet, I would love it so, so much if you share the episode or the show with a friend that would also love it. It can be someone that's helping you plan your wedding or one of your wedding vendors. The more, the merrier. Finally, I also mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but this is the final episode for the podcast in 2021. Don't worry, I am coming back in 2022. I am taking off next week to be with my family and to relax and hopefully recover my voice. But I will be back in January, January 3rd, I believe, with episodes on wedding party gifting, wedding trends for 2022, so much more. And I am excited to share all of it with you guys. In closing... I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. Make sure you take time to slow down and enjoy it with the ones that you love the most and that mean the most to you. Thank you so, so much for listening and subscribing to our podcast. I will talk to you all in 2022. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 